on 98FM and online. This is Phoenix FM. Welcome to the Orient Hour. My name is Billy Herring and I am joined today by Rich Priest on the buttons. Rich, how's things? Good, thanks, Bill. Excellent. Terry Howard. Ooh, Terry Howard. Orient legend. Good evening, everyone. And last but certainly not least, Gareth Platt. Gareth, how are you? You're right? I'm good, Billy. How are you, mate? I'm all right. I'm all good. Wonderful. Right, well, chaps, we've got a lot to cram in today. We've got two games to talk about. We've got a Q&A. We've got uh, Bristol Rovers at the weekend. So uh, I suggest we best get on with it, haven't we? Um, I don't know if, if anyone has heard Richie Wellen's interview from last night, but we're going to play that out as well, which is uh, very amusing. So um, there's some sound bites there for us. But let's start off, shall we, with the Oxford game. So... Oxford away, we started off with a 4-2-3-1 formation with Brinning goal and uh, James Cooper, Beckles and Galbraith at the back. Prattley, El Mazzuni, Monker, O'Neill, Ford and then Satiriu up front on his own. Um, chaps, any surprises do we think about the uh, the lineup, or is that the uh, the strongest that we could get with uh, our current um, injury situation going on? Gareth, I'll come to you first. It, it, it does feel like pretty much what we can turn out. Yeah, that, that, those are the options we have. I think the concern in the first half at Oxford was was they were getting in behind Galbraith, who seemed to be trying to come into midfield quite a lot. I'm sure it's deliberate, but it kind of left a lot of space behind him and they're trying to exploit that. And it happened a little bit last night against Blackpool as well. So I think it's the only 11 really we can pick, but the, with a slight, uh, slight issue that uh, Galbraith is probably not most ideally suited at right back. Yeah, so... Do you think that it's that he's not suited or do you think that it's the way that he's being asked to play? Because I think that Richie is asking him to play higher up the pitch and join in because he's so good on the ball. Um, Terry, what do you think? Yeah, I think there's something in that, mate. Um, you saw last night, you know, I mean, he's natural... His natural thing is to be attacking, isn't it? He's a midfielder, so he's always going to try and sort of creep up and whatever. Um, I think with regard to our 11, as Gareth just mentioned, some, sometimes less is more. You know, we, we, that's who we're kind of uh, stuck with at the moment. So we, we're getting a reasonable amount of... We, we talk about building partnerships and stuff like yeah. that. I think we're seeing Omar and uh, Brandon at the back now looking... I thought last night, arguably, that was Brandon Cooper's best performance yeah. in an orange shirt. Um, but going back to the weekend, uh, yeah, uh, listen, we're talking about small things, aren't we, really? I mean, we're, you know, 
know, we're not quite nitpicking, and, and it's a valid point that, that Gareth made, but that's about as strong as we could get with criticism, really, from, yeah. from the weekend. I think, Gareth, I think it's an interesting point because for their goal, um, it actually came from Galbraith where he kind of, he tracked back with the man, but where he's not a natural right back, he switched off and the man just ran in behind him. He wasn't aware of where he was. The body shape was all wrong. He needed to have his body shape turned out more. And obviously the fella got a flick at the front post, which then, you know, just managed to sneak in. Um I've put down that it was a little bit of defensive immaturity. Um, Rich, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, that might be a little bit harsh, but I mean, it's... I mean, there was mentioned as well, but possibly going down as... I don't think it was down as an own goal in the end, was it? But they, they sort of... I think it was kind of... It was just unlucky, I think, more than anything. I mean, yeah, I see what you're saying, but I personally probably wouldn't have said that myself. But yeah, I mean, it was just... Yeah, it's just one of those things, I think, more than a... a a proper error really I think but yeah I mean possibly that is one of those you know he's out of position he's not a natural defender and he'll learn from that kind of thing but yeah I mean I think for me when you look at him the way he runs the guy runs in behind him and he's got no idea he's there and so he runs in behind then manages to get in front of him and get the little tap if Galbraith opens his body out he's got to be aware his, his peripheral vision he's yeah got maybe to be I need to see it again him. to be fair yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Terry I'm seeing you nodding your head as a defender there yeah do you know uh, all levels from premiership it's a basic they don't do they don't open their body out yeah they, you know they get transfixed by the ball and they're thinking about covering like their, their right centre back or left centre back whatever and they should forget as soon as that person goes out of your eye line it's a problem yeah. you know and, and I think that's what he was probably guilty of and, and it's I, I watched I watched Carl Walker do, I've seen Carl Walker do that for the last 15 years yeah. but he's got that pace that gets him out of jail but but technically you know he, he's not great in that sense so it's something that, that goes right through the divisions I feel that, that, that a lot of people don't fall back open their body out I do think though that Ethan Galbraith is one of those players that he will learn from that that's the thing he's not someone who I think that if it happens again you know he'll be aware of that and he'll um, he'll learn from that mistake Gareth what do you think no I think that's absolutely true he's uh, certainly got the right attitude hasn't he because he's not the tallest guy in the world but he'll certainly go for every good single header air, isn't, he? You know? isn't he good in the air though for a little while he tries while, his yeah. absolute best I mean sometimes he's just going to lose out height wise isn't he but he absolutely tries for him but I equally I think it's part of what we're saying and we touched upon people you know in, at higher levels who do this you know you watch Sinchenko you watch Trent Alexander-Arnold they do exactly the same thing and it's trying to get them into midfield so it's as much a tactical thing as perhaps Galbraith you know not being as a word defender I think those are both elements but you know Richie may not be completely unhappy with that because the risk is we get more men in midfield therefore we have to take a gamble and leave some space behind us yeah I mean Paul Terry mentioned it didn't he when he did the uh, the meet the manager which was actually the meet the assistant manager and he said Galbraith in the future will be either an 8 or a 10 so I think that you know I mean I was having a conversation last night with a guy who sits next to me Jimmy and I said this might be the most technically gifted team we've ever had in my opinion, when you look at the players we've got on that pitch and, you know, even the players that are not fit, Theo and, and Dan, Dan Ajay, for example, from a technic, from a purely technical perspective, I'm not saying they're the best team we've ever, we've ever had, but technically, I think they're absolutely fantastic. I think you're spot on. I mean, I, I can't even think of a team that would even come close, to be honest. I mean, I've, there's been teams I've preferred that probably Terry's been part of, but, you know, they're, they're probably, you know... You, Blink of people like Alan Comfort and Danny Carter and Ian Bogey who had that but here we, we've almost got like an entire team of it almost it feels like um, and yeah I'll make you 100% right I mean I, I don't even think there's an argument there to be honest I mean you could probably go back to before 
before my generation and there's arguments there probably and you know when I hear some of the players we've had over the you know in the 70s and stuff like that you know that there's players that I probably would know there but there's probably an argument there maybe but you know I've been going 35 plus years now and I can't think of a more technical team than the one we've got at the minute I think it's one of those where in years gone by we always had some good technical players so every team we had like you say you know you mentioned the Alan Comfort for example and Lee Harvey and the likes of that they were, they were good technical players but then you had your players like your John Sittens for example who were a bit more what we would term industrial I suppose you know do you know, do you know what though Last night, we got that balance just right, though. Yeah. We got the balance between your John Sittens and your Keith Days and, 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 and the technical side of it because we were good going forward. But when we needed to be... And I think this is where we've learned a little bit from, from the um, Burton game where I thought we, we just got bullied a little bit. And last night, we didn't. And I, I know we sort of criticised... We've criticised Richie a little bit at times with substitutions. I thought we got him spot on last night. I thought bringing Darren Prattley on was exactly the right thing to do at the yeah. time because... They weren't really offering too much, but you knew that once they're behind, they, they are going to, you know, try and have a bit more of a go. And I thought we coped with it physically. I, I, you know, there were so many great points from last night. We'll come to them in a minute when we actually come to the game properly. But, um, you know, I, I just thought that the, the two wins uh, were reasonable. although we only won by one goal in both of them, were reasonably comfortable. Yeah, do you know what? It's interesting because, obviously, we've had a few, couple of results recently where we've gone one up and then we've ended up being on the wrong side of it. And that, any other team, you know, you could have seen some heads going down and, like, feeling a bit sorry for ourselves where we've got a few injuries. But actually, in a way, it's almost galvanised this team. They've gone again to prove to people, you know, well, actually, no, we're not going to just roll over. We're still in the hunt here and, um, and we're going to make something of it. And I think it's interesting because, as you say, physically, I thought against Oxford as well, I thought they could have bullied us, but actually we just moved the ball about so quickly. We just didn't give them the opportunity to do that. And I mean, I thought the first half was fairly even, if I'm honest, but the second half, I thought that, you know, I thought we were the better team by a long stretch, if I'm, if I'm truthful. Um, I mean, we equalised to Ollie O'Neill in the 51st minute um, and it was what Richie called a shot through bodies. We've been, something we've been uh, practising, but it was really, really calmly and well taken, you know, like, um, and I just think he's going to be some player. I mean, what do you think, Gareth? What a signing. Absolutely. It's been an absolute joy to watch him so far. It really is. I was actually talking to the message yesterday. Uh, we're watching the game and it's about, do we really miss Archibald? Now, I love Theo Archibald, so yeah. Yeah, no, no, nothing about that. But, you know, it, he seems to have even more end product or more end product than, than Archibald offers, doesn't it? I mean, it's like three goals already, isn't it? You know, so, and for such a young guy, you can tell. What I really like about him is he's strong. You know, he's not your typical winger who kind of gets bullied by a rough, tough uh, fullback. He, he'll actually give his own, won't he? And he kind of stands up to people as well. So, and he's got that eye for goal, hasn't he? And for somebody who's quite well, very, very dominantly right-footed. He does tend to hold wide as well, which kind of gives us that width we need as well, which I think really helps. So some player, I think we probably have to enjoy him while we've got him, don't we? Cause, uh, yeah, I think a couple of people have mentioned that to me. They've sort of said they can't see him being here long. I mean, eight, eight games, three goals, two assists. It's not bad, is it, for in your first eight games, Terry? No, I, listen, I think he'll be for a little while yet. You know, he, he, yes, he's going to be on the radar of people if he keeps doing what he's doing. The thing was, he was at Fulham for a while. No one's really picked up on him. I think this obviously helps him coming and playing. You play regular first-team football, nine times out of ten, you're going to get a better, better player who plays week in, week out. He's up to this level comfortably. Um, Martin Ling actually said to me he, he reminds uh, Ollie reminds him a little bit of Alan Comfort and, and I see the the yeah. directness of him you know when you give the ball to Alan and although Alan was left footed drop of the shoulder I mean 
probably, I would say, Ollie's probably got a little bit more in his locker in terms of he can go left or right. I mean, the, the thing with Al was he, w- he would actually come inside. He'd, he'd feign the, the, the drop of the shoulder and come inside and still get back on his left foot. But um, I can see the similarities in the directness of, of the two of them. You know, fantastic player. And uh, Rich, have you been impressed with his physicality? Because again, we see a lot of these youngsters, you know, they come out of the under-23s league and stuff. And Chuck Forbes was like that a bit towards the start of the season, wasn't he? And he's really, really strengthened. And, but Oli O'Neill seems to just be, he seems to be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's hes lasted most games, I think, 90 minutes as well. He's cut, I think he's come off once or twice, but, you know, he doesn't, you know, he, he runs himself into the ground, doesn't stop. I mean, the thing is, those sort of players, you know, I think it, when he did come off the other week, I, I was kind of thinking, I'm not sure if that's, it was, I think it was the Burton game possibly. Mm. Because he's one of those players that can do something out of nothing. So I'd always, unless he's, they're carrying something, I'd rather yeah. keep those sort of players on, to be honest. But, um, I mean, I, I actually thought, I mean, I know obviously we'll talk about it last night later, but I thought he was actually, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have picked him as man of the match myself. I know Matt Porter did. But, you know, I thought he was one of his, not quieter games, but I thought they were, you know, one or two players that were probably a bit more deserving. But, I mean, it just goes to show, I mean, that was probably still a, a seven and a half, eight performance from him as well. And, and he's probably averaging that at the moment, almost like up since he's been here. And I was a bit of a worry as well, because I, I've got this horrible feeling that he's going to be one of our shortest ever signings. And I'm, I'm starting to think that we're going to literally have him for six months and he'll be gone. And I mean, I don't know how long, I can't remember how long the contract is, but part of me thinks like, just like lay off a little bit now, because, you know, I don't, I don't want you leaving this quickly, because he's, he's that effective, it seems to me. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think, I mean, obviously, you'd go back to someone like Kevin Campbell but but that was kind of over the, the sort of four or five months I mean you know within a month you know mm. we're only we're not even out of February yet he's only really had sort of six weeks I'd say and you know already I can't think of a signing in that period that's had that much effect really I mean there probably is there's probably I think, I think a, a similar thing not so, same sort of player but Paul Beasley he, he was only here, yeah. he wasn't here long you yeah. could see he was he was a cut above, you know, League League One standard, yeah. and, and I think uh, Bees was only here for was it is it a, was season? 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 One yeah. season, yeah. yeah. And you know, but the, the good thing with Ollie, we've, we've signed him. We will get we'll get some sort of uh, yeah. recompense for it. So you know, it's whoever you know, whoever's in, like, recruited him, or, or that was a great bit of, bit of work. All down to Martin, um, Nigel said in the Q and A. He said he is. He said everyone should be mm. praising Martin, but he spotted. Well, he said he, he said he only really spotted him playing against us, but then he sort of kept a track of him after that, and yeah. then realised Fulham would let him go. And that's that's where we've come in. We, I mean, we, I don't think we haven't paid a fee for him either, so it's undisclosed. But it's all based on you know selling appearances, and stuff, and selling clauses, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I think you know. again, we highlight Martin Ling. You know, um, what a good job he does for the club. I know that not everyone sort of uh, understands the job he does, but you know, you look at that side there, Ollie O'Neill. You know, you look at the kids that we've brought in, like Shaq Ford, for example. What a signing he's been, and you know, for the money that we're paying Shaq Ford compared to what Watford are paying him, it's just incredible what we're actually getting out of him at the moment and uh, you know he's been a, he'd been a real find and even the two the two youngsters that we signed on deadline day I know that there was a bit of I suppose controversy I suppose after Richie's um, Richie's rant but um, you know even they when they come on they've rolled their sleeves up they've run around they've done what we needed them to do you know um, so look, nothing but praise for Martin Ling so anyway Okay, so let's uh, let's finish talking about the Oxford game, shall we? So uh, Tom James was unlucky in the 58th minute with a, with one of his normal free kicks, um, and then the winner came in the 77th minute from George Moncur. So again, nice ball from Ollie O'Neill and into the left channel. Moncur slipped inside, and then what I thought was really good about this when we've seen Moncur play, and I know Richie, me and you have been particularly 
equally critical of Moncur. Like he hasn't given enough for the money that he's on and for the seniority in the squad. He hasn't given enough. But normally when he comes inside, he's looking to pass the ball. And what he did, he cut inside. And then rather than pass it, he then beat the second man and then curled it into the bottom corner. Um, and it's just so good to see him. And I've got to say... He's playing the best football at the moment that I've seen him play since he signed for us. Um, Gareth? Absolutely. I'm wondering what's been said to him in the interim, sort of round about January time. It, sound, it looks to me like he's had a right kick up the backside, to be honest, and sort of pull your finger out, start contributing. You're a decent player. You're on decent money. You know, so it's about time you started deciding matches, and I think he's really taking it on board. I think part of that is the Galbraith situation, isn't it? Because if Hunt and James are both fit, Galbraith, if he's going to play, he's going to be in Monks' position, isn't he? So, you know, I suspect that might have a little bit to do with it as well. Interesting, it was last night as well, wasn't it? The, the, yeah, um, they moved Galbraith into number 10 quite early on, didn't they, in the game? So. Terry? I think George is a big believer in God's will, isn't he? Yes. Well, I believe God might have given him a bit of a stern talking to. I hope so. Because he's uh, certainly, and I'm, I'm like you and Richard, I've been a bit of a, I've been critical of him. Um his game I, last night, and we'll come to that. I didn't think he was. He looked a bit tired last night. Funny enough, he, he, yeah, he looked I, a bit leggy. I said that. Yeah. Um, he didn't quite, but he still didn't play badly. But his games, his three, four games leading into, you know, and 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 that's that's one of the great things. He stepped up when we needed him. You know, we, we've been coping all right with that in this season. But when he's been needed, and he's made that difference. You just said it there that the winning goal. Um, good to see. I still, I still don't think we shoot enough. I still think, probably the exception of Tom James, yeah. I don't think we really. You know, there's times. Even last night was a cut time. I thought we could have crossed or maybe had a shot, but that's another thing. But with George, you know, it's been an absolute bonus that, that the last few games, he, from a personal point of view, for him as well. Um, and he's aware. He came up when, when he got man in the match um, a couple of games ago. He's aware of what's being said, and, and, and he kind of accepted that he deserved the criticism, which is you know, fair play. Um, but yeah, an, an absolute bonus that, that other than last night, he's, he's made a bit of a, a bit of a difference uh, to us in the re- uh, recent games. Richie, yeah, I mean, it was mentioned on the show last week actually that he actually I didn't know this, but he'd been offered to Carlisle. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Drinham was was on the verge of going there as well, but George was actually offered to them. So I wonder if that's possible, because he didn't want to go that far. So I wonder if that's kind of a motivation as well, the fact that, you know, we were possibly touting him around. He's got a point to prove. And I know he's got another year on his contract after this, but, you know, the way the first half of the season had gone, he probably thought, well, you know, I've got to try and find someone now. Let me show him what I can do. And, and if he ends up staying here, as Richie said, you know, great, because, you know, if he plays like he has done for the last month, um, you know, I think we'll all be happy. But, um, but yeah, you know, he's, the last month, he's, he's, I think he's probably kept a lot of us quiet. And, I, you know, I just, I think even, was it the Oxford, did he manage the last 90 minutes at Oxford? <laughs> there was one game, he actually, he didn't come off. There was one game, I think, and I think it might have been the Oxford game. But that's his, you know, he's always, you know, 60, 70 minute player. Um, but, you know, the fact he actually managed to do a 90 minute shift as well is, is great, really. Because even last season, he was, he was coming off early in most of the matches. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, the last, the last month or so, he's been, he's been superb. And I say like, yeah, you're right, I agree. Yesterday, he did seem quite leggy. And to be honest, I think the, the change was needed. We'll see how it goes at the weekend. But I wouldn't be surprised to find him maybe given a break on Saturday. But, um, but yeah, let's see. Right. There's one more thing that we definitely need to talk about before we move on. And uh, that's seems to be the bog standard now. Richie's red card. Um, I mean, right. 
I'm torn with this one because obviously we listened to the Matt Harold interview afterwards and he said that they were waiting to do a sub. So therefore, I believe Richie was expecting us to be able to do that substitute. Yeah, the paper was handed in. Hence why he uh, caught the ball in the first place. Um, It was also a foul on Sol Brin, by the way. That, that should have been given. So therefore, you know, if the referee gives the foul on the goalkeeper, then Richie's not in trouble because the game's already stopped. So there's two things there. There are mitigating circumstances. However, leave the bloody ball alone. Just don't touch it. Just mm. stay, you know what I mean? And he did it last night jokingly, was like, like Olayan as he was ducking under it and swerving out the way of it and stuff. Which, all right, fine. But... Just, just keep your hands in your pockets. Leave the ball alone. You know, like, I'm like Terry. Am I being harsh? No, you know. Listen, in the good old days, you might have had a bit of common sense and a bit of communication between the fourth official and the ref. He might, and the fourth official might have said, "Look, this is what you know we thought was going to happen." But yeah, just yeah, you just stay. You, you give it a wide berth, don't you? <laughs> you stay right out of it. So don't give. We always say to, to don't give the, the ref a chance to do that. Yeah, and uh, Gareth, I mean, it's his third sending off for the week of the, of, this, of the week of the season. What do you think he's going to get? I mean, surely we've got to be looking at five, six games, maybe. You would think so, wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, and and I, I agree with what's been said before. It's almost like a play when a player gets booked, isn't it? It's like, well, you just stay away. Don't do anything silly. Don't give don't give the referee the opportunity to make it a second yellow. But I think with Richie, that's that's exactly what it is. I think it's his natural stubbornness. And his, and his kind of attitude that stops him. I mean, I was telling you before, I was actually talking to his mother at half-time, and she's been telling him, he just he try, try, and, try and behave yourself. And he just, apparently, according to his mum, he just can't keep his mouth shut. So, um, so I think that's part of the problem. But, yeah, I think they're going to throw the book at him, aren't they? You know, and if, if, did um, did it, she say she was going to ground him? Like? She needs to sit him on the naughty step, that's what she needs to do. No, absolutely. But having said that, though, if he's not listening to his mother, I mean, what chance has anybody else got of convincing him to just sit down and behave himself I don't know yes. right well Mrs Wellens if you are listening to this can you please have a word in his ear because we do need him for the rest of the season it would be quite nice you know the playoff push won't be the same without him um, alright so one other thing I picked up on which was um, Sol Brim made a really important save in the 80th minute to uh, again to, to, to keep us 2-1 up um, and I just think that it's worthwhile giving Bryn a shout out because I think recently he's been so good and commanding of his area, coming out, collecting crosses right when we needed the game to be slowed down and when we needed, you know, like just to have that moment of breathing space. And I just think Sol Bryn has been really, really good. Um, and I know obviously there was some wobbly moments earlier on in the season. So I just think it's worthwhile giving Bryn a shout out. Richie? I think the best compliment you can give him is I don't think anyone would notice that Vigaru's not here anymore. I mean, you know, the, the distribution's probably not quite the same, but other than that, I mean, you know, th- there's been a few goals recently as well where when I've watched them back, I thought we possibly could have done better, but, you know, the, he's, he's the, as we sort of said before, he's commanding in the box now. He's coming out for crosses especially. He's as, as good as I've seen from, from anyone I can remember, but, I mean, yeah, let's say the biggest compliment is we, we're we not missing our main player from last season, in my opinion. He's, we're not even noticing it, and it's just a shame that, you know, he's on loan really more than anything else, so... All right, so we'll move on to last night's game. So um, one of the things we uh, we uh, noticed yesterday, no Piggott on the bench. Um, do you think that is a sign of things to come, Rich, or do you think it's... Yeah, um, I suspect so. I mean, I, I, obviously we don't know, but it wasn't mentioned in the interview that I, I suspect he's, it's not an injury. I, I, it's just, I've got nothing to base this on other than the fact it's just he doesn't suit the style. I don't think he's Richie's type of player. 
Um, I'll be very surprised if he's here beyond into next season. In fact, I'm, I'm almost 100% certain he won't be, um, which is a shame because I, I can see there's a player there, but it just doesn't fit what we're the way we play, really. So, um, I mean, I was, I was po- possibly surprised when I saw he wasn't on the bench considering he was on the weekend, but... I don't think he, he would have... You know, to bring him on last night, I don't think it would have made any difference, really. I mean, saying that, when when Edwards came on, actually, and I really like... I thought Burton, Edwards, was, looked really good, I must say. I thought Edwards was poor last night. But when he came on, he, he just didn't he seem lost. to understand what to do. He, like, yeah. he wasn't chasing the ball down. And, you know, when you're, when you're young and you've got a... You know, you want to impress it. Rich, you know, the bench, because obviously where I was sitting is directly behind. They were screaming at him to keep chasing the ball and he, he just didn't seem to understand it, which was surprising because, as I say, I thought Burton, he was, he was brilliant. I really, I really rated his performance there. But, but you know, again, that's, that's certainly something that he'll, he'll know not to do next time, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I'd say Piggott, I, I, I think we may get the odd appearance until the end of the season, but I'd be surprised if, if we kept the same fit players that we've got now to the end of the season. I, I don't see him even making the bench really that much. Terry, what's that like for a player? Is that the sort of thing that could upset the balance of the, t- of the, of the squad or anything like that? Or, um, you know, how does it work from a team perspective? It's, look, it's possible it could affect it. I mean, I, I, think, I think at the moment, we, as Richie said, we, we don't know what the circumstances are, what's going on. Um, it doesn't seem to be having an adverse effect on the boys. I think you just get, you know, that that's for for, for, for Joe to deal with, whatever, and the manager. That I don't see it as a problem going forward, and unless you, you get some players who can be a, a, a little bit disruptive, he doesn't strike me as that sort of boy. No, he seems like a good pro. To yeah, I, I don't, I don't think it's an issue. Um, just just going back to to Kayon Edwards last night, it's probably a good little learning curve for him. You don't get that when you play in the under twenty ones. Situations like that, that that's why coming to a club and playing senior football, you learn so much from it, you know, and and, and hopefully the, the the kid will benefit from getting chatted at a lot last night. He lost, didn't he? He was like, what? Was he supposed to run over that one? And you just say, it's a very foreign environment at times, you know, and, you know, we've, people have tried to make a bit of a comparison with, with Kevin Campbell when he came to the club. Kevin was a different animal altogether, yeah. you know. He, he was a very confident... I don't know Karen Edwards to speak to, but but with Kevin, you know, within two minutes of training, we knew what sort of person he was. He was confident, he was strong, and he, you know... He probably sat a few down in training, I would imagine, in yeah, the first session. Yeah, think, you know, and... and, and but, but obviously... Um, I just hope to say the kid. The, it's all this. This experience for him is all about learning. And and in that ten fifteen minutes he was on last night, let's hope he learns a lot from yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So let's go through the lineups then. So we started with a four two three one lineup with uh, Bryn Galbraith, Cooper Beckles, and James at the back. Brown and El Mizuni in the middle of midfield. Uh, Ford, Monker, O'Neill, and Satiru up front. Uh, good to see Jordan Brown back after a two game suspension. Um, I think we've. I mean. Darren Prattley has deputised fantastically well, but I just think we look a better side with uh, John Brown in it. I just think he's a class act. Gareth? Absolutely agree. I was saying it all through yesterday. I mean, take nothing away from Prattley. Phil did nicely and stuff. Um, but yeah, Brown was the key difference, wasn't he? And that, it's, he stops the other team playing and gets us going forward, doesn't it? I mean, there was, was two tackles in a row just before. Yeah, yeah, and he, um, he's just so impressive, isn't he? And so, I'm, I'm convinced that the plan was that Prattley was going to start games, this is from the beginning of the season, and Brown would replace him. Mm. But it's, it's gone the other way around because Brown has been so fantastic. And um, it's early to say, but if we were picking our player of the season, I think my vote would be with Jordan Brown, to be honest. He's been brilliant. Yeah, do you know what? He's one of them sort of unsung heroes, isn't it? You kind of almost don't see what he's 
how much he does until he's not there. Um, yeah, and he's again, he's one of them, Rich, what you said earlier on, a solid 7, 8 out of 10 every week. And if he has a poor game, we really know about it. That's the thing, isn't it? Um, I mean, it was a tight first half and I thought they pressed us really well, in fairness. They pressed in numbers and they were obviously well drilled. But what was really impressive was we didn't panic and we didn't just start oofing it. We still tried to play through the lines. Um, I thought what was really interesting, when we started to pick the ball up better, there was one point where Omar Beckles broke the line. He was the only he was the only one to really do it in the first half. He broke the line and went on and we looked threatening and then he'd give the ball away, which is frustrating because Omar does that. He does the hard bit and then he just sort of give the ball away. But he almost showed the route to this is how you beat the press. Just you step out with it. Um but I mean neither side really created any uh, any chances. Um Terry picking up on something you said earlier on. Um yeah, um Monko really looked like he was struggling, he kept pointing to his chest. Yeah, he? maybe there was an issue there last night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I don't know whether he's asthmatic or whether I think he's it's, had the, it's had on the cold Richie's thing. interview he does mention about his chest yeah, actually, yeah. 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 And he, I mean Richie said a chest injury, but it looked to me like he was struggling to breathe. He made one run in the first half Monko where he broke from the edge of our own 18 yard box and he mm. burst through like set an attack up and then after that he couldn't move basically and yeah, Richie I, mean, I saw that a lot last season well, as well, yeah, well I think, to be honest but I mean yeah. so I don't know whether it's I don't know whether we're being harsh saying he looked leggy or whether there was a, a genuine issue maybe where I mean, he's yeah I mean breathing. when you consider the fact that he's only as we were saying he doesn't really do 90 minute matches and he, he's starting to do that now and it's, it's you know we've had a lot of games in the, over the last six weeks where he's been in so it's, it's quite possible it was maybe just one game too far I think really H- hence why Either the fact he came off at half-time might mean he's okay for Saturday or it might be the time to actually maybe bring him on. Um, but yeah, I mean, as I say, like he still, I still thought he looked didn't look too bad, actually. I mean, I, personally, I thought Blackpool for the first 10-15 looked fairly decent, actually, but they, they, they dropped pretty spectacularly and they didn't come out in the second half at all like I thought they would either. So, but in that first 10-15, I thought, especially up front, they, they looked quite good and had a couple of tricky players in midfield as well. So, But again, I think that goes back to the physicality. What you were mentioning earlier on, Terry, is the fact that you know we are a young side and we could have been overawed by that, but we didn't. Everyone to a man stood up and, and, and was being counted, as it were, you know? Um, um, yeah, just, just on... On that, so when they set up uh, at the start of the game, they were actually denying the ball going wide. Yeah, they were. At, you physically saw their wing backs not allowing the ball to go to to Shaq forward or to Ollie. Um, you made a good point um, about Omar coming out. That's the way you got to break it. They were set. They had a good shape. You got to break the lines. So you have to. You know, sometimes you've got to do something a little bit different. Uh, so it's a good point you made there, Bill. And and and. By doing that, it just gives them, they have to think slightly differently, the opposition. They were quite, as I say, that first 20 minutes, they were comfortable. But another good point was made, we were patient. We didn't panic. We just kept the ball moving. And in the end, they kind of lost their shape and discipline eventually. You know, obviously, when you score a goal, that helps as well because, you know, goals change games. But I thought first 20 minutes, I thought, these are a big, strong side. This could be a long night. I thought they were waiting for their opportunity. But it never really developed. And credit to us for that. You know, I, I actually, looking back on that game... I actually think it was right up there as one of their best performances of the season as a team because we attacked pretty well, but our defend- the, the, the appetite to defend, he sort of mentioned it with Jordan Brown, um, Idris, he, he put so much work into last night. He, yeah. um, as I said before, Brandon Cooper, had, for me, probably his best game of the season. Omar, they worked... 
when the ball was coming in the box near the end, we were just getting players around the ball. We were so proactive, you know, um, in dealing with stuff. And, and I was so impressed with last night. We'll, we'll, we'll play better football this season. Yeah. But as an all-round, if, if I was a manager looking at that, I'd say we defended solidly. I thought we attacked decently. We were patient. We kept the ball. We'd done all the right things last night. And you mentioned those four, that sort of, you know, that square, as it were, you know, Brown, El Mazzuni, Cooper and, um, and Omar Beckles. But I'd say who else? typified it for me last night and it's not someone you would normally necessarily assume with rolling their sleeves up but I thought Tom James was hmm. fantastic last well, night do you know in the first in the first 20 minutes he got beat three times in the I was, air I was about to say he that. was getting beat every time every single one yeah, yeah. yeah and he was quite a big boy yeah. uh, the four wasn't he but that typified he stuck at it yeah. and he start, and he worked a way out he was getting up against him and yeah. he weren't letting him get the run on him and, and he, you know and, and that's that's brilliant as a footballer we, we've talked this season about the um, sometimes we don't know how to work things out on the pitch it looked like they actually worked things out a bit better last night yeah. which, which is really was really good to see and, and, and Tom typified that last night He's actually having a, a very underrated season, Tom James, I think, isn't he? He's going under the radar a bit. You, he's been very steady. Because I thought he'd struggle yeah. to, to step up at the start of the year. I thought he, he doesn't look like he's going to be a League One player. But mm. He's really well, you look. You, you're saying earlier about technical players. He's a very good yeah. technical player. The thing that probably lets him down, he, he lacks you know, a yard of pace maybe if he comes up against someone who's... I mean, he's not slow. I'm not saying that at all. But if you come up with someone, you know, he might struggle a little bit with that. But but you, you're right. We've got so many technically good players in that side and, and Tom's one of them. And I think, you know, again, people, people seem to forget he was... Left back first or right back first half, left back second half. You know what I mean? So he's done, he's played on both sides. Mm -hmm. And again, that's something that people, it's, it's an underrated skill to have to be, you know, able to adapt as quickly and work on. All uh, the best players can do that. Well, there you go, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> so, Sorry. Um, do you know what I thought was really interesting in the first half? There was one point where we broke forward and Ford and Sotirio were breaking forward together. And earlier on in the season, Ford would have 100% gone direct and had a shot. Yesterday, he tried to be too nice to his mate and lay his mate in and just messed the pass up. Um, I wanted to see, but it's interesting because I know that Ruel said that him and Shaq have got a really good relationship there. And I think that he was a little bit too unselfish there, uh, Shaq. He should have just gone on, drove, had the shot. Keeper goes out and saves it. Then Ruel takes the follow-up maybe. But again, I think that's something that it's, it's, it's learning, isn't it? But it's really interesting to see how much his game has developed. Gareth? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's been said a couple of times, hasn't it, that he was, he was, he'd never played wide right at all, had he? You know, which is quite surprising for a central striker that kind of got a bit of pace about him. In that. You'd think he'd have some time out wide. But, you know, it, it seems like he's learning the role and he doesn't play it like a proper winger, does he? It's not like stretch the pitch winger. It's more that kind of inside right channel, really, isn't it? You know, and that's, that's the way he works. But, yeah, he's, he's really blossoming, isn't he? but perhaps he's going too far now and perhaps he should get his head down and shoot a bit more yes <laughs> and um, I mean Brownie was unlucky with an effort in the first half which was uh, blocked inside the 18 yard box and again good work from Ollie O'Neill to create that opportunity beating his man down the left and just cutting that ball back Rich yeah I mean we've said it all about Ollie O'Neill already I think haven't we so I mean, it's, you know, funny actually, one of the things I was going to mention as well, we'll hear it on the interview, but we haven't actually really spoke about him in this sense. I mean, Richie in his interview said he thought Sotiriou was the best player. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't, after first off, I wasn't thinking that. Um, but again, this is the difference, right? I think where you, where you watch it as a fan compared to as you're watching it as a, as a manager or even an ex-player or something, you, you spot these other things. Because, you know, I, I did listen to the interview and I thought, I just don't see that. I, even, I couldn't even see it afterwards, if I'm honest. Um, but I wasn't looking out for that. But, you know, 
his work rate was a lot better last well, night. Yeah. He's, 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 he's work, and that's what he needs to improve on. But you know, as I say, he. he he really, as I say, he typified again that team spirit that, yeah. that, that you're not going to, you know, defend from the front. It's the first rule, you know. Yeah. But do you know how we know, do you know how you know Satiri had a good game? Because you notice that Kay and Edwards didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but it is though, isn't it, right? Because Edwards didn't do everything Satiri yeah. was doing. And because he didn't do that, all of a sudden everyone was going, well, why is he not chasing that? Why is he not running over there? Why is good he point, not closing yeah. that space? And it's because Satiri had been doing it. And look, you know, in our particular group, there is there, there are some people who don't rate rules to at all. I'm not going to name names, you know. But um, but I just think that sometimes, as a centre forward, especially when you're playing as a lone centre forward, you have to do a lot of donkey work and you have to do a lot of running and a lot of pressing. And as you say, Terry, it's letting yeah. down in the past. Yeah. He was far more of a nuisance did. last night he to was. them. You know, he was he was fighting for the ball. You know. Yeah. Um, a little, a little bit going back to the side about Evan Gale Braith. He don't let his size affect him. Yeah. He, you know, he, he punches above his weight. You know, in, in in the physical sense. He's got. I think he's got quite a good shape for a striker as well, hasn't he? He's got that upper strength you can tell, and he's got a bit of pace about him as well. So, you know, yeah. I mean, I've got to be honest. He, again, he was one I was unsure would step up, but I think. I mean, especially when you look at his goals return. You're right. There's a lot of people that still get on his back. He, where I sit, there is as well. But uh, it's you know, probably because of that, though. They get on his back because they they probably seem a little bit lazy at times, yeah. you know. And yeah, listen, you can't underestimate someone who can nick you a goal. Yeah, you know, it's a, it's a great it's a great quality to have. It's not an easy quality to have. The hardest thing to do on the pitch is to score a goal, and he does that time and again. But now, if he can add that little other side to his game, he will become a, a better player. Yeah, I think you can see that Richie loves him as well. Yeah. You know, like he did with Drinan in the past or Omar in the past, but he has his favourites. And Theo, I think at the moment, Ruel's a massive favourite of his. And you can see that, I think. But I think exactly what we were saying about Joe Piggott, Ruel allows you to do, and Ruel, Dan Ajay, they allow you to do what he wants them to do, which is defend from the front. So they press, they hurry, and they've got that pace to get across and they've got that pace to get back in when needed. And I think that's something that, as you say, Richie likes. And that's interesting because, you know, he mentioned Kelman before as well. Kelman was able to do that last season. And I think, you know, if you've got someone up there that's going to do that work rate, you know, what's the, what's the old saying? You know, you defend from the front. And that's exactly what we're doing at the moment. It's funny, actually, because as you're saying it now, I mean, I, he was exactly like that. And you kind of forget that. They're the players that go under the radar a bit, I suppose. You don't, again, as a, as a, as a fan, you're probably judging a forward on their goals rather than anything else. And last night I was watching like the two or three misses at the beginning when he, he kept missing. I'm thinking, oh no, he's not enough. Maybe Richie was right about him being a better sub. But then, you know, when Richie said it, you start thinking back and thinking, well, actually, yeah, because, you know, he put the ball through for Ollie O'Neill as well, didn't he? he? Did, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it probably was a really good game. But, you know, you, you know, I kind of, if a goalkeeper makes a mistake and you don't really remember his saves that much, do you? If a striker misses an open goal, you don't think about the running he does and everything like that. But I think, you know, as I say, you're watching it from a fan's point of view there as well, I guess. Um, interesting I thought at half time when they took Moncur off that actually they brought um, Rob Hunt on and moved Galbraith into midfield rather than bringing on uh, Max Sanders um, Terry obviously Sanders has some injury problems this season do you think they were just maybe protecting him a little bit didn't want to give him a full 45 yeah I mean and, and the, the thing was it was quite a physical game as well. Uh, it, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't one for the purists, probably. You know, the second half. You know, it's horses for courses, and that's the thing. <laughs> Evan Galbraith is like five foot three, you know, and seven stone in his wet gear. But 
you can put him in there and he'll do a job. He'll, he'll, he'll get about. I mean, listen, this season, when the, he won't get the assist, but 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 when he out-jumped the boy from, um, yeah, yeah. who was it? Um, was it uh, Northampton, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know. 4-3, yeah. <laughs> I mean... That was amazing because yeah. the fella was six foot four, yeah. and twice as wide, and he just got and and that that to me is showing, it's, it's showing the spirit within our our squad at the moment, you know, and um, the the confidence is is flowing through. And to so say if if you're a player out there, and you're watching someone like that do that, you think, well, I can do that, you know, even Gal Brave, he's, you know, it inspires others to do the same, and and maybe going back to real, he's looking around him and and, and thinking, yeah, look. You know, I can up my game here. Yeah. You know, and, and and as I say, they're all bouncing off each other at the moment. Yeah, I mean, um, we mentioned the goal earlier on. You mentioned a good carry by Ruel, but let's not uh, forget El Mazzuni's um, role in the goal as well. I mean, brilliant winning the ball in the middle of midfield, and obviously Sotiru then with a carry and releasing Ollie O'Neill. And um, you know, as we mentioned, I mean, look, we've we've waxed lyrical about Ollie O'Neill all night, so I'm not going to go on, but. A right foot finish on Saturday, a left foot finish last night, you know. Um, so, yeah, so really, really good to see. And good to see that link-up play with those two players, Vel Mazzuni and Satiru as well. And, you know, um, it was just enjoyable to watch last night because, um, you know, as Richie said, it wasn't, and as you mentioned earlier on, Terry, we had to go a little bit longer at times and we had to play off the second ball. And that's not something we've typically been very good at previously. Um, but I think it's that fighting spirit that's really carrying us through at the moment. Well, maybe that's where Richie's learning as well. Yeah. You, you, you know, you, you can't play football out from the bat all the time. We say sometimes if they're pressing you, whatever, you've got to miss them out. You know, do what, this is what Steve needs to do so well. You know, they, they don't mess about at the back. They can do if they want, but they're a bit more direct. It, it changes how the opposition come at you then. And I think you saw it last night. They Their press was very good the first sort of 20-odd minutes, really good. But it sort of disintegrated a little bit. As, uh, during the course of the game, it become less and less that press. Right, well, let's uh, without further ado, we're running out of time. Let's hear from uh, Richie Wellens. This is a good one, this. You won't want to miss it. Richie, thanks for joining us. Once again, congratulations. Another very important victory. A brilliant win in terms of on, on Saturday, we beat Oxford by playing really good football. And moving the ball smoothly and, and rotations. And tonight wasn't about that. Take credit to them. They stopped us from playing. They was well set up defensively. Um, and then we just decided to, to, to miss, midfield play, miss midfield out and, and pick up second balls. And we, we knew that was the only way to, to, um, to win the game. And um, I think the goal from was came from us playing a long ball, landing on a second ball. I just thought we was really good at running duels today. I thought the best player on the pitch was Royal Soteriu. Um, I know Oli got on one of the match and there was some really, really good performances but Ruel just set the tempo for, for everything that we've done. Um, tied in the last 10 minutes, maybe 15. Um, and again, we get seven minutes added on. Um, but tremendous Tuesday night again. So uh, let's keep it going and let's see where it takes us. Just how special is Ollie O'Neill? Three and four now. We try not to sign bad players, Dave. Yeah, and sometimes, listen, recruitment is really hard. You can have all the best intentions in the world, and a player might look brilliant, and he, he's got all the attributes to come into your football club and 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 do well. And for one reason, sometimes it just don't work. The fact that we had that look at him, I just looked at him. Like he's strong. Um, probably younger younger people, younger supporters don't really know it, but he, he reminds me of Jesper Gronkia, who was a who was a player that signed for Chelsea. Um, strong, upright. Doesn't look like he's running quick. 
but then when you look at the people chasing him, they ain't catching him. So he must be quick, good ball carrier, two-footed, scored with his right foot the other day, scored with his left foot today. Um, and the energy of the front players was just really, really good. We ran channel, again, second People can go, oh, what's your, ex- what's your goalkeeper's pass length? What's she playing out from the back? What's this? What's that? And I see managers up and down the country playing one-dimensional every week. Um, we didn't need to play today. We didn't need to, to play to beat Blackpool. Um, we needed to play to beat Oxford because we, co- we thought we could hurt them. But today it was about getting it in, in and around our front players who were not the most physical, but we're teaching them to be physical because they're the young players. And I thought the, the duels, the second balls... And again, he's finding a way to win. I look at Liverpool and they find ways to win. Um, we haven't got like Man City players where it's, this is the culture of our club. This is We have to mix it and we're mixing it and we're winning every week. So credit to the players. After recent weeks, so important to keep that clean sheet. Um, I'm trying to think of a, of a threat on our goal. Did we, have a, did we have a shot? A shot on target? I don't. Listen, they just beat Blackpool 4 and they've scored goals against... Um, Peter in the game before that the league game before that the talented team some really good football players players physicality they've got players especially you look likes of Carey and Morgan coming on they've got Dembele ball manipulators and, and players with, with good technical ability who can st- score from distance or slip a pass but we didn't see it you know I thought it was a clever move by them playing CJ Hamilton I was a little bit worried before the game because this Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday and they've had the same so it's no excuse but the fact when you're bringing in a, a quick player like that had me a little bit worried um, but yeah, I thought in, in a lot of a lot of periods of the game, kind of just cancelled each other out. There was not much happening. I'm not going to stand here and say we were brilliant and played silky football tonight. But again, it's League One football. It's League football. Forget League football. If it's a Premier League Championship or League One, sometimes when you go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, and your physical levels are not what they are, sometimes you have to find a way. And we've done that. And I think in terms of duels and it, a threat to score, I thought we were totally dominant. Made a change at the break. George Moncurzi, yeah, okay. Not feeling great. Had a sore chest, so thought Monks looked great when he was on. Looked a threat. Obviously, we had to. Um, and to be fair, I thought Ethan got on the ball first half, but CJ Hamilton was doing a really good job at um, and blocking him. So we just thought, let's go a little bit defensive there because we're not playing out that side anyway. Let's nullify the threat of Hamilton, which Hunty did, um, and then we release um, Galbraith further forward at the pitch. And is Jordan Brown okay? He's fine, but he's just not played for two weeks, so he's obviously. By that stage, I think we probably 20, 25 minutes ago, all there, they're, they're playing long. So Grimshaw gets the ball, whether it be from a set goal kick or open play where he's bringing it, bringing it. And their only threat was um, winning a first contact and, and having midfield runners. So we just decided to put Pratt's in there, front screen, let Pratt's go up for the headers with Koasa and then make sure our defensive shape behind that was good. You can help me here. I think I made a mistake in commentary. It's 10 yellow cards for Idris Elmazuni, but only nine in the league. He's OK, isn't he? It's nine, yeah. What about yourself? Why do you have to mention yellow and reds? I got told today before and said, if you touch the ball today, it's a red card. Well, first, how petty is that? How petty is it? But Neil Critsy controls the ball with his feet, runs on the pitch and kicks it back to him. It's a ridiculous rule. Ridiculous rule. Why, if, if a manager... By the way, I'll explain what my red card was because some supporters don't know. Why should a manager who's, hold, who's touching the ball get... Um, or let's say we did, did delay the start why should he get a red when the players are yellow he's just the making rod thrown back to make the decisions were harder for the refs more confrontational anyway go back to to Oxford okay I'm telling clear on the video Solbrin to kick it for a throw in 
because Shaq Ford needs to come off. We put the card in and Keon Edwards is there ready to come on, okay? He then shanks it into my hand. We wanted it a little bit further for a throw-in. The fact that their striker has jumped in front of um, Sol means it hasn't gone as far. The ball comes straight to me. I catch him and I look at the ref and I say it's a foul. And as I say a foul, I turn around and say we'll make the sub. But the fact that their right-back has tried to grab the ball off me makes it something that it shouldn't be. I let go of the ball. The ball is in my hand for three seconds. I've delayed the game. If I let the ball go and don't touch it, it takes longer than three seconds to get the ball back. I turn around to the full official. Yes, can we make the sub, please? And then they just don't... They don't even come over and say, Rich, what were you doing there? Well, we've had, we put the card in. We want a substitution. And it just becomes a dialogue between... And I thought the fourth today was very, very, very good. But some of them... And then I, some of people have probably watched my... I'm going on here, aren't I? But I'm enjoying it. So um, I may as well get my money's worth. Um, and then I watch Klopp. And he's effing and blind it's a passionate game and by the way I was a player that was passionate player and when I got to 35, 36 I lost that passion you know what I've done? I quit yeah? and I have passion as a manager and the day that I arrive to do my job and I have no passion is a day I will retire to my house in Dubai and I will lie on a beach and you will not see me again Okay, but I have that passion but I see Jurgen Klopp showing passion and then he whacks the fourth official on the back nothing happens Nothing happens. And then lo and behold, Pochettino is playing right wing at Wembley, 40 yards from his box. No yellow card. No. Just be consistent and stop. Listen, if we step outside our box, look at the size of my box. It's a six by, it's a three metre by three metre box. The ones at Wembley, I see Arteta running left wing every time down at, and this is not a slant against these managers. He's a top manager who are passionate. Why are we taking out the go and watch Italian football if you want to be boring and slow and technical or a French league it's boring English football is about passion and about our supporters loving it and I will do the job as long as possible when I have this passion for our supporters but you're killing us financially for a start because that's beans on toast in my house for a month my February wage will not be doing anything but let us enjoy the game we're always worried about touching the ball or Speaking wrong to the ref, I, mean, I, I get sometimes that you should not throw your arms because it looks bad. But if it's a penalty, like it should have been a penalty when Ethan Bagalbraith is going up for a header, I'm done. I'm going on too long. All right. Well, thank you, Richie. I was going to ask about whether or not Go you're going on, to appeal. Sorry, Go on. <laughs> yes, I'm scared of fired, they did have a great atmosphere. There was a great atmosphere, wasn't there? Even when there was that long delay, they didn't stop singing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I hope the lads are okay that went down, but. Our supporters have been brilliant, but again, they have a group of players, young, old, Beckles, Pratt, they are giving everything. Like I say, I'll go back to that passion. They are showing passion on the pitch. And when supporters that work all week come on a Saturday on Tuesday, listen, we'd like to be better on the ball than today. But the circumstances, some of them are knackered, and we found a way to win. And the reflection of that team, and when I watch that team, is a true reflection of me as a coach, as a manager, and a true, true reflection of our supporters. The past two victories so important and oh so satisfying. The last two performances have been exceptional and credit has to be given to our very special manager. At no point this season has Richie Wellens been able to field his strongest side. Serious injuries to key players could have dominated this campaign. But Richie's passion, belief and desire to win, no matter what the odds, has ensured that Leighton Orient enter March as genuine contenders for the playoffs. Richie Wellens' tactical knowledge, the best I've known in all my years covering the O's. 
This exceptional understanding of the game, coupled with his ability to clearly communicate his message to players, has ensured that the O's have defied expectations. It's a shame that amongst two exceptional victories has come a third red card for the O's boss. The one he received at Oxford without doubt the harshest. Martin Woods got it wrong. A petty response and a huge overreaction. But let's not dwell on such matters and focus on the positives. There are so many. Three and four for Ole O'Neill, such an exciting young player. A much-needed clean sheet on Tuesday night and credit has to be given to Omar Beckles and Brandon Cooper who provided the response that Wellens demanded after two difficult performances at the back in E10. Finally, praise has to be go to the Orient faithful. Supporters played their part in two huge results. They outsang Oxford fans even when the Orient were behind. And they generated another magnificent atmosphere on Tuesday night. They'll be needed again on Saturday. Bristol Rovers come to town and Idris El Mazzouni will be available. His ten yellow cards include one in the cup. The cut-off point is when we make the trip to Wigan. Will the real Leighton Orient please stand up? Let's face it, this is just not the Orient us slightly older supporters are used to. Acclimatised to false hope and promises, this new brazen Leighton Orient is just not on. Two league titles in six years, and then top ten in our first year back in League One, and now safe from relegation. Talk of £4 million being spent on the training ground and a possible new 17,000 all-seater stadium in the next 10 years. Come off it, O's. Who are you kidding? Now, anyone around my age is probably just waiting for it to all go wrong. You know what I mean. An end-of-season collapse, losing nine on the bounce. Wellens up in sticks and going to Middlesbrough in the same taxi that takes Sol Brim back north. And it all ending next season with relegation back to League Two. Oh, I'm probably throwing the news that Ken Teague and Nigel Travis have sold the club to this group of ex-top footballers who apparently want a league club to buy, who then proceed to make a Bacchetti-style cock-up of it all. For now, though, we will all stay 80s and 90s band Roxette fans and enjoy the joyride. So, six points from what, on paper, were two very tough games. Any Orient side pre-2018 would get nowhere near a double win. And it has opened up even more absolutely crazy and ridiculous jonering talk about the end-of-season lottery. I said last week that we no talk of the playoffs here or in the fanzine, but I must just say this. Wouldn't it be an absolutely crazy symmetrical end to 10 years of madness if we qualified for them, beat Peterborough in the semis, and then turned Evans over at Wembley. Hmm, interesting. Well, if that happens, then anyone aged 18 or over is on a three-month bender until the opening day of the championship season when we turn over Brentford at the GTEC Stadium live on Sky on a Friday night. In 2013-14, we saw a few taglines come to the fore. Why not? And this group never gives up were two very popular ones. And the second is certainly prevalent as it was 10 years ago. With one of the youngest sides for over 40 years, we are literally defying the odds. And as the chant goes, putting on a show most weeks. This year was all about staying up and attempting a mid-table finish. Anywhere from 12th to 16 was seen as acceptable. 
Yet with just under a quarter of the season remaining, we're on the cusp of the top six, churning out some serious form and refusing to give up. Last night was a case in point. Blackpool paid, played little football, in my opinion, and their plan of going long against our fullbacks was easily evident. Our football was nowhere near as fluent as Saturday's ridiculously impressive display at Oxford, yet last night we had to win ugly. An old-fashioned roll-your-sleeves-up, get involved in the heat of the battle, and then take your chance when it came. What did we do? Exactly that, and secured another valuable three points to leapfrog Blackpool, who, of course, remember, had just put four past Bolton on Saturday. If any Orient fan, as I've said before, cannot get excited about the way that we are doing things on and off the pitch at the moment, then they're either mad or dead. Who, after Saturday and last night, just can't wait to get back down to church in E10 and hopefully turn over Bristol Rovers? Who, after watching Richie Wellens pre and post backball, doesn't get that buzz for the next 90 minutes? It really isn't the O's that I and many others are used to. But for one, I am absolutely loving it. Sing up Saturday, get behind the boys and up the mighty, mighty O's. Okay, and thank you to Richie Wellens, Dave Victor, and Matt Roper there. Right, Bristol Rovers on Saturday. Then we are uh, we're closing down the show. We've got like about a minute left, I would say. Um, Ford came off with a knock. Do we think he needs a rest, Gareth? Uh, it didn't look massively serious, so hopefully not. But if he needs to, then perhaps we can rotate a little bit. So, Terry, anything you change for the lineup, or would you stick with the same lineup you started last night? I'd, st- I'd, I'd stick with it to start. You know, I, I, as I said, I thought Richie got his substitutions right at the times of the game. But, uh, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. Rich? Uh, I think I'd start with a team that started the second half. So, hunting for Monko. I quite like the fact that it was Hunt rather than, you know, Prattley coming on and Galbraith staying there. I'd like to see... So you Galbraith into the I team? I think so, yeah. But, you know, at the same time, he's been so good at that. Right back, I don't, a part of me now is wondering whether I want to ruin that as well. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll I think we'll win 1-0, I'd say, on uh, Saturday. Well, let's hope you're right. Gents, thank you so much for tonight. Really appreciate it. All the good, all the, have a good week, everybody, and uh, safe travels home. And uh, we shall see you all on Saturday. All the best. <laughs> We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around And you know where we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer our those on who wear the rest Whatever challenge, whatever test We're like an Orion from Eten like an Orient from E10 This is our club and we are proud So sing it up and sing it loud We were formed in 1881 The Clanton Orient and so begun The old story we're like an Orient from E10 Whatever challenge has come our way The only faithful are here to stay We will live to fight another day We're like an Orient from E10 Like an Orient from E10 This is our club and we are proud 
So sing it up and sing it loud We're not a city, we're not a town We're the only one of us around So get nowhere we can be found When Saturday comes again We'll be trying to do our best To cheer all those on who wear the vest Whatever challenge, whatever On the hour, across Brentwood and Billericay This is Phoenix FM.